Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning, depending on where you're at. My name is Eleni Summershield. I see that now we are live and streaming on Facebook. I am the Chief Operating Officer here at Wise Agent, and I have with me one of my dear friends, Nikki Beauchamp, and in Hudson. Where'd Hudson go? I thought he was going to come up and say hi. Hudson. Hudson, Hudson will come. He's, there he is. Say hello. He's a, like, we have, like, usually it's our, an owl would be our mascot, but then Hudson is like our second mascot. <laughs> yes. And he's definitely officially my yeah. mascot. He, yes. I joke that he is the chief attention officer yes. of my business. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, I'm happy that you all joined us today. Nikki and I are going to be talking about unlocking opportunities um, and a deep dive into segmenting, um, you know, your CRM, your, your contacts in your CRM. So um, when you guys have a question, feel free to ask that in the chat or in the Q&A section. But for right now, I would love, um, I, I love all the love that everyone's showing Hudson, um, for you guys to um, just, if you wouldn't mind posting what um, city, state, um, brokerage and how many years you've been in the business. I always love seeing where everyone's coming in from. Um, so I'm here in um, Fountain Hills, Arizona, which is right outside of Scottsdale. And Nikki is in the great city of New York. I am in the big apple. Yes. So we were just hanging out last week together when I was in New York. And um, and we were talking about today and what we were going to talk about. We Well, we kind of kind of talked about it for a brief second. We kind of talk about it. I mean, I think that one of the things about our conversations is that there's always at random point in time talking about different things that I am in the middle of. And I will absolutely send you questions and say, hey, how do I do this? Yes. And you will say, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> or you'll say, call, and the oh, team, team will help yeah. you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always love, well, anyone that reaches out to me and asks for help, I'm always happy to help. And um, so anytime I might, I might say, Hey, my team can do this because it's a little bit more in depth, but um, I'm always willing to help out and especially. Yeah. So we've got a lot of people that are joining us from all over. So welcome. So Nikki, I think, you know, with talking about segmenting your audience and your CRM, I mean, this is like my one of my favorite topics, because I think it is something that is so crucial and critical to your business, because you can, you should not, if you guys are out there right now and you're like, oh, I'm going to type up this message and I'm just going to select all my contacts and send them this one thing. I mean, it's, I think it's okay to do maybe every now and again for a specific thing, but most likely you should not be doing that. Like most of the time you I should mean, be doing select all you, and send to everybody. I can tell you that for the first time in maybe 10 years, I sent the same message to everyone. Yeah. And that was just recently when I switched companies. Yeah. Where everybody got the same message. Right. Other than that, I feel that the effectiveness of your messaging and your open rate and your engagement is directly tied into how granular and specific you are about how you organize your database. And then in turn, how yeah. you craft the message for specific segments of the database. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, there's not like it's not a one size fits all like your relation like relationships with everyone are 
that you know are slightly different? I mean, you have, I mean, if you, even if you think about your like own personal life, I mean, just in general, right. You have like, okay, I can talk about this general topic here. And then, you know, and then we have like our little breakout sessions with different friend groups and whatnot. That's the term. Like it's, 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 right. It's a breakout session is the perfect way of thinking about it. So if you had, let's say you have four basic buckets, let's say you have buyer, seller, and I'm in New York City, so I also work with landlords and tenants, so I have landlord and tenant. But then you might break that down even further, where sometimes people who are first-time buyers, people who are sort of move-up buyers, people who are luxury sellers, and I am, I'm a little sort of OCD about my organizing and tagging. And also tags can be, you can have multiple categories for the same, the same contact. Because if you, as you are progressing through your career, you may, I have a client who 20, 22 years ago, 22, 23 years ago, was originally a tenant. Then they bought something, then they became a buyer. Then they bought something else and they rented the the uh, the apartment that they previously bought. Yeah. So now this person in my list is tagged as a tenant, a buyer, a seller, you know, an investor and a landlord. And it also helps me see how the relationships evolve over time. And I do that with, again, I'm a little bit sort of very highly specific, but it also means that if I have an investment opportunity that comes across my desk, I can go into my database, say, who are the investors? And I can see the list. And if I know that some of them like buying an individual condo unit, or maybe there's a great place in Arizona that they wanna buy, whatever it is, because it's so granular, I can then say, okay, this message about this property is going to this these 15 or 20 people. Yeah. And it's highly, highly targeted. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that is the key is like moving people around. So they go from like they were a tenant at one point and now they've become a buyer. So they're removed from that one audience. And now you're like, okay, well, that's not, that's, that's not. Like they're no longer a tenant. They are now a landlord and an owner. You know, they but have I think, multiple things. I think what's also really interesting here because we can have, you can have your categories and then you can have your tags and then you can have your audiences. And so, but all of these things really help you to understand the customer journey, your client's journey yeah. with you, but also the best thing to, to, send, to send to them. Um, and not just, you know, taking a step back from the clients, think about your referral partners. You know, so I have some referral, very specific referral groups that I am a part of. So that group of like 20 people is, has one specific tag and one specific audience. But then I may have people through either my, now my Sotheby's connections or my previous, you know, e connections where I can then categorize based on what our connection is, when we met. Like if, if Eleni and I had met for the first time in Inman last week, her 
tag, her her entry in my address and my contacts in my CRM, I still say sometimes I flip and I say Rolodex because I'm old enough to remember when I had a Rolodex on my desk. But anyway, it would it would say it would have wise agent. It would say that you're a technology provider. But then I would also know that we met at Inman Connect. Yeah. And I would specifically tag it with the date and the category. So that way I know, oh, here are all the people that I met at Inman Connect last week. Or here are all the people I met when I was doing a continuing ed class at my association. All of those things are super helpful. And it's so yeah. much easier to do now than, you know, yeah. when I had 16 things scribbled on an index card. Right. Well, so I've come full, full circle because I used to, as a kid, one of my favorite things to play with, well, well to play was Office and ro the Rolodex was my favorite thing because I spin that thing around. And so I've kind of come full circle with that. But I want to share my screen um, because I think this is a really, um, this is a good way to demonstrate it. Just like even your example of like um, saying even like an example of how, um, like about last week, if, if we had met last week, what would happen? So a couple of things right. here I want to show. And that would be, so I'm sharing my screen here and I'm just going to the contact list and going down to the gear here to manage my sources. So if we met at a conference, I would say in the conference name is Inman and Inman has a lot of different, they've got, well, now they've got four different conferences happening throughout the year. So I would just have okay. Inman as like the, the name, you know, Inman or maybe Inman Connect to be a little bit more. Um, specific. So that would be my source. And then I would go ahead and I would, um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to add Nikki and I'm not going to write everything out. I'm just going to put all of that, just that in there. And so now in here, I don't, I could just put that the source and the source was Inman Connect. I don't necessarily have to put the date in because the date added. And let's say I did this like while I was there in New York last week. Right right here. So now I can go back and say like, cause this isn't editable. So I would say like, Ooh, Inman. Okay. It must've been Inman, the one that happened in January in New York. And I could put in here, like, you know, met in NYC and, you know, do all these things. I would put in my notes, like we met, um, cause her dog Hudson was yeah, I I'm laughing. Right? And I'm so laughing now because I... <laughs> this is like the story of my life. Now people all talk about the dog and nobody. Do. <laughs> but it's it's, but that's really a key thing because like I am also at a point in life where I forget names. Mm -hmm. I might I might not remember a name, but I might remember a place or how we met or where we met or why we met. Right. So by all of these little categories, it's almost like me, you know, taking a business card and just, you know, scribbling on it or back when we had, you know, the physical address books, you know, having the little tabs so that I could remember things. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what the CRM is there for is for you to not have to be so overwhelmed with every little detail um, where I could put all of the things in here. So now I can put in here, you know, she's, a, you know, a realtor. And I don't know how I do not have that category in here, but then I can put in here, I don't know, um, dogs or whatever it is, right? So I can come in here and I can put all of these things um, all in one space where 
I don't, it doesn't have to be where I could come in here and even put like Hudson. Um, oops. So I can put so we, things a, in there's here. There's a Q&A about yeah. what is the difference between a source and a category, which I think is a really yeah. great question. Yeah. So the source is like how you actually acquired, I, and I hate saying it as acquiring a lead, but if you were talking about leads and lead, you know, it would be about how you came to meet this person. How did you come to connect with this person? How did they get added into your CRM? So a lot of times it could be like for Inman Connect, it would be a manual addition, but had I been purchasing maybe um, leads from a portal, right? So at, of any one of the portals, I would be able to put in here like, so now I'm getting leads from one of the portals. So that would be my lead source, Zillow, Realtor.com, Homes.com, whatever, right? It would all be in here. And then I would be able to say now automatically set that up. So um, I would come in here and find whichever portal. And I would just say, you know, so this is what I have to do in order to connect it. And so then I would follow the steps to connect my portal to Wise Agent. And then all of those leads are going to absolutely be coming over, um, you know, on their own automatically. And that automatic ad is what helps you save your time and your money and, you know, the, those precious resources that we just don't have an abundance of, right? So um, I would then be able to come in here and say, okay, any leads that are coming in from Zillow, homes.com, realtor.com, I would select that source. Then I would categorize it and say like, okay, if the leads are coming in from, from one of those portals, they're probably a buyer. So then I can automatically just tag it as a buyer and then say, well, I have a newsletter that I write every month and I want to make sure that these, you know, this buyer is getting that or this lead is getting that. So then I would put them in the category called monthly newsletter. And let's okay. say I wanted to just say, you know, add some other random category, whatever it is that you want, you know, to put in here. So I'm just going to say portal and I can just add that in as a category now. So you can add your own categories on the fly in here if you don't see one that you already have listed. And then that is what that that automation of the categorization with the lead source is where it comes into play. And now what you can if, that by, by source where then, you know, like this would be maybe for, um, you know, one of the portals, but then I can also do it from like my website or whatever. Right. I was going to ask, you know, what about from a website or landing page that could also be that would the be source? source? Yeah. So anything that's um, a form online, right? It would be an, any online form that you would be able to get a notification, like an email notification that a new contact has filled out that form could automatically be added into Wise Agent. So it doesn't matter if it's from one of the portals, if it's from your website. And let's say you're like, oh, well, I have a custom WordPress website. You know, my, my brother is a developer or my sister is a developer and she created it for me. That's cool. We have a WordPress plugin. You could use the plugin or if they just want to send the, the um, leads into Wise Agent, you would have this. Don't use this one because this is for this particular account. You have a, an email address that's assigned to your account that you would be able to copy to get those notifications going here. So then you could use the lead rules. Um, and then it could also be if you're running ads. So if you're running Facebook ads, we have a direct integration with Facebook. So I can come in here and say, whatever that Facebook ad is, 
And, and this is where I want to kind of step and just put the caveat in. The Facebook ad has to be either a, a lead form ad. It has to have a form. If it doesn't have a form, it's not going to come in because we don't, Facebook doesn't have any way of collecting likes and comments. That doesn't happen. So it has to right. be a, a digital ad that has a form. Um, so that that's how that would work. Um, and it could even be a Facebook post that you have a landing page. Um, that you just post something from one of our landing pages and you say, I want to create this um, lead magnet on, hey, if you're looking to buy, um, these are the five steps that you want to avoid, I think is what it says, or whatever it is. Here's your first time home buyer's tip or whatever right. the lead magnet is. You could take this and you could just um, edit it and do all the things. And then you can say, okay, well, I'm going to share this across to Facebook. And with a click of a button, it will post on Facebook. Um, right. Can... And then anybody who fills that out then is automatically categorized in your CRM with that source. But yeah. someone is asking for the difference between tags and audiences. Oh, so that that's an interchangeable. So categories, we call them categories. So if I go back into, because um, I believe I'm still sharing my screen, yeah. Um, if I go back yes. to the contact list and go to this gear, you'll see where it says manage categories. So I use this interchangeably, tags, categories, groups, um, buckets, audience, whatever you want, that classification, whatever you, term you want to use, we call it categories in here. So this is where you would put um, all of those categories to be able to segment your right. your um, be able to segment your and then target the, the yeah. message that you're that you're sending out. Yeah. I so mean, you can say, I yeah, go ahead. No, I mean it's it's I think that the idea of categorizing feels really overwhelming when you already have everything sort of in in your CRM and it feels like it'll be too overwhelming to do. But I know that in Wise Agent, there's a way to sort of bulk categorize yeah. people. So it seems overwhelming, but it will make your the effectiveness of the message that you're delivering so much better. Your open rates will be better. You will have fewer people, I think has been my experience, I very rarely have unsubscribes because what I am sending is very specific to a to that segment that I am sending it to. Well, and that's like the essence of this message right there is that the reason, the purpose for segmenting your audience and the, the categorizing of your clients and potential clients in your CRM is for that exact reason is that you want to make sure that you're sending the right message to the right person. So then they're actually going to be responding to it. They're actually going to be reading it. And then that's what gets you. I mean, Nikki, you have a great open and, then, rate and success rate of. And then of also, and then also, if you have things so granularly categorized, it can then become easier to set up automations and reminders that are specific to that group. 
So, you know, like one of my things is that if someone is an active buyer, I want to be in regular communication with them. And so I will set up reminders that tell me every X number of days, if I'm not already in contact with them, I kind of need to sort of stop and pop in and check in. So if I didn't have that, I would be looking at my database going, oh my God, who am I supposed to talk to when, where, and how versus getting an email reminder that tells me, here are the five buyers on your, five buyers that you have not communicated with in the last 14 days. This is a hypothetical. And then that can prompt me to send something very targeted, or maybe I can send them some infographics about the market and what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, I think it's really, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing is to be able to quickly glance at your database and see who have I not been, who's like, who have I fallen out of touch with? Um, and that's why on our contact list, you even see like your last contact date is because then you're like, oh, okay. And if you order, sort by that, right? Where you can see the people that you talked to last up top and you're like, ooh, I just go down five people. And then that was the last person, like that sixth per person I haven't talked to in like seven months. You're like, oh, I got to get back on the phone or text or email or do something because it's really important to be getting, you know, keeping in touch with people doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be calling Nikki saying, hey, Nikki, so are you looking to buy or sell today? Oh, okay, no, not now. All right, I'll call you in six months. Hey, Nikki, are you looking to buy or sell today? Like, that's not a really good strategy. No. <laughs> and also, one of the things that I find the most effective is literally to ask people. Ask them. How often do they want to hear from you? What do they want to hear? I have some people who love market data. Some people love market data so much that they're happy to hear about the market from me every week, which is kind of insane, but that's a different, that's a different um, yeah. uh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Some people will say, I would love to know quarterly. And so I can make note and sort of tag, okay, these are the people who should get a quarterly update. Some people only really want to hear once a year and that's fine. Or some people will say, I don't want to hear anything. I just want to hear, you know, once a year for you to tell me what the market is doing and how my property is hopefully appreciated with 99% of the time or things that are going on. And I think that, you know, that is really the key. I just ask people and, and I make a habit of every year as I look and clean up my database Every year I ask people, I say, oh, I just want to make sure that you, A, are still interested in hearing from me. This is what you've told me you're interested in in the past. Let me know if there's anything else that you're interested in so that that way I can really target what I send to them. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that people don't, like, it would be, it, People want to hear the message that they want to hear. They don't want like, you know, it, it can't just be, I mean, I'm, I'm totally guilty of like random thoughts, right? And I just like kind of, but that's like when I'm talking to my friends and my family, I can have random thoughts like that. But nobody wants to read your emails about random thoughts that you have that have nothing to do with them, right? So like, 
um, for the people that have registered for this webinar, right? How random would it be if everyone that registered for this webinar that we're talking about CRM segmentation got an email from me saying, hey, um, you know, let's let's talk about gardening and like some off topic thing. You'd be like, what? Where did that come from? Like, I'm not interested in gardening. Why are you sending me this message? This has nothing to do with me. Maybe a few of you are like, oh, I want to know about gardening. But a good majority of you, probably not so much. And so that's you don't want to alienate people in in your message. So that's the power of the segmenting is that the people that are interested in gardening I'm going to send them messages about gardening. The people that are interested in hearing from me about segmenting their CRM, they're going to hear from me about that. Right. And, and the same goes for in the industry. Like for you, Nikki, what you're saying is like the quarterly, the people that want to hear from you about quarterly market stats, That's they it. only want to hear That's quarterly. all they want to hear. They only want to hear quarterly. I have some people who will say things like, well, I'm also interested in what's happening in other markets or they might be really interested in some fun things that I have seen around in the city yeah. and, or where I'm eating or the crazy walks that I go on. And everybody can tell me what it is that they're most interested in. And I can also, you know, have like a constant sort of redirect. I always try to have a great, you know, call to action at the end. Yes. And the call to action is different if it's my email that's primarily focused for investors versus my email that's primarily for buyers or the email that's primarily for sellers, or I also have a, a specific email that goes to my referral partners. Yeah. So that that way it gives everybody information in the way that they want to hear it at the time they want to hear it, but not everybody needs to hear everything. Right. You know, sometimes I scan through my email. We all get way too many emails, too many emails. And I scan and I go through and I think to myself, I didn't sign up to be on this list. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that you are sending me an email asking, you know, if I want to buy or sell in New York, that I should reach out to you. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense because I am in this market. And I, that's what I do. And there's a handful of people that I've known for a really long time and we are on each other's mailing lists and it's, but overall sending the same thing to everyone is just a recipe for madness and low open rates and unsubscribes because I'm going to open it up and I'm going to say everything here doesn't, um, doesn't really, doesn't really apply. Yeah. And that's the thing is you don't want to alienate somebody and be like, why are, why is she sending me a message about gardening? I'm not interested. Um, delete this message, block her and what, you know, and so you don't want that to happen or unsubscribe. You don't want to, you don't want those unsubscribes. You want to no. continue the and relationship. Sometimes, and sometimes, you know, we have, we have different channels where you communicate differently, whether, you know, we have our, our CRM and we have our email marketing systems you have your social profiles, you might have your Facebook profile, you might have your LinkedIn, you might have your Instagram, you know, your Twitter, your threads, well, X, whatever it's called. And I also sometimes will say to people, if you're interested in more like of the moment, whatever is on my mind, here are some other places where you can in fact get that. Yeah. 
but this is not the overall the overall yeah. place and i think that 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 is really and it's it feels so overwhelming and i was super overwhelmed when i first started using a crm and what i have found is setting aside time to organize it at the beginning but even just like once once a year or taking it in bits and bobs. Or once a month. You know, well, do, I do once a month. Once a month. <laughs> just you do, you do, much you time. do once you do once you do once a month, but like every so I I tend to do like a big um focus on it once a year. Okay. Because it also in theory also leads up to when I would be sending out like holiday cards and things like that. And it's a yeah. perfect touch point. To, but still figure out what that that pattern is for you and just stay with it. And if you're yeah. spending enough time working and updating things in your CRM and making notes, like I like to go in and make notes after phone calls. Cause again, I sometimes, you know, I have post-it notes everywhere. Um, it becomes second nature and you go, Oh wait, I was talking to so-and-so and so-and-so has just, you know, we've just closed on this and now they're living here. So they just bought something but now I'm renting out. Yeah. So you, it, it puts you in the moment of you can always on the fly be adjusting for sure the category. So it's less overwhelming. For and sure. I think it's just, it's just making it a part of your, your practice. Well, and I know and like, I know Nikki, time to do it. Yeah. And I know Nikki, you, you're, um you're pretty big on, on social, social media, you post, you know, on Instagram and, and Facebook and all the things. And I think like, even if you were to get a message, like someone saying like, oh, hey, Nikki, you know, someone from your network that's coming in from Arizona and they're like, oh, Nikki, I'm gonna be in New York City. What, where do you recommend that I go? I really want to go to some fabulous restaurants. Tell me about what's yeah. in the neighborhood. Now you can take that and even say like, oh, okay, well, put that into your CRM. Like, okay, she's, she's really into restaurants or he's really into this or that. You can take a lot of these cues from conversations that you're having on or offline. It doesn't always have to be just like a phone conversation or a text where you're getting Absolutely. those things like um, someone's posting about moving jobs or moving cities or whatever, changing careers. That's something again, to take that. And that's why I do it once a month. Cause then I'm like, okay. Cause sometimes I'll just, I've made yeah, a, I, and like, I think, and I think that if you're, as you're actively in the process of expanding and building your list, which we should all constantly be in that process. Yeah. I think it naturally will happen that you'll go in, you'll go, and you will tweak and and edit, you know, and move things around. And that's that's actually where it becomes so great to be connecting your lead sources and your landing pages into your CRM because already one part of that categorization is done. Yeah. Where like when I did that a couple of years ago, I did a street fair. Um, in my neighborhood and you guys built me like a little a little landing page so it was great because now I know I can still go in and I can say those are all the people that I met at the street fair and so when I message the people that I met at the street fair I might be talking more about stuff that's going on in our neighborhood that is super interesting there may be things that I know about 
restaurants or buildings or you know construction where I can share and say, hey, here's something that's going up. So um, an email topic that leads may want to hear first if they're they want to buy. in my case. So it also depends on how the lead came came to me and how much I know. But I always like to get on a phone call or a Zoom call and say, let's have an initial buyer consultation. Give me 15, 30 minutes. I just I want to learn about who you are, what you're looking for, where you are in the process. Because I think that the faster you make a connection, that sometimes it's a little harder to do via email until you actually get on, on a call, the more likely you are to start to build that trusted advisor relationship. And I will always say to people, look, you know, I will answer whatever it is that they've asked and say, you know, when do you have a couple of minutes to hop on a quick call in the next couple of days? And, you know, let them tell me, or I can say, I have some time in the mornings over the next couple of days, would love to connect so that we can just quickly and efficiently get a sense of who you are, what you're looking for. And I can give you like a three minute overview on the market and we can figure, and we can come up with a plan. And I think that most people have been pretty receptive to that. Um, I think the speed of responding and honestly, once you find something that kind of works, language that works, keep it in your, keep it on your phone as something you can copy paste and tweak. Um, you can put it in your content yeah. library too. And so a couple yeah, of things. That's right. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen because there's a couple of things like occasionally, just like everybody else, right? There's occasionally sometimes where I'm going to write the same message over and over again. Um, that just happens. That's just part of the nature of, 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 you know, and so if I find myself like, Ooh, I'm probably going to use this several times. I put it in my content library. Um, so you can come in here and you can just add, um, some content. So you can come in here and just start writing out your message and putting in all the things that you need to put in and the images and the call to actions and, um, include a video and your call to action button and whatnot. Um, and hyperlink things, and then you save this. Um, you could use our AI writing assistant as well, our chat GPT, to also help you kind of tweak some of the language. Um, but I, I love using um, things to using chat GPT to tweak language. Yeah. I will ask it to tell me, make this make this more appealing and engaging to a buyer. Yeah. or a, a seller. And I think that the more specific you are with like the chat GPT really, really refines the, the output that you get. Oh, for sure. Most definitely. And just always, and you know, I think um, going back to um, Shahira's question of, you know, what, what are some examples of what people might want to hear first from you? I think sending something like that initial, and Nikki, you said it too, that speed to lead. So if you're using the automation, so if it's coming in from a landing page, having a video, and Nikki, I know you do a ton of videos, um, so maybe you can encourage other people to do videos. Doing a quick video that's like 30 seconds long, introducing yourself goes such a long way. And you guys are integrated with with BombBomb. BombBomb, yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. like, 
a great thing is create some, create a couple of like basic videos that say who you are, introduce yourself, things that you can quickly send because I, I do believe that the connection from the sound of a voice or even watching a video, looking at someone yeah. feels very different than um, reading reading um, text, text on a on a screen, and you know that that always requires that I have to you know, sort of like look and then, yeah. you know expand the text um, yeah. versus versus listening. And I think you know if you have we as agents who are experts in our markets you should really have a quick, succinct comment that you can share on the market. And if it's, you know, right now, this is, this is an interesting market where buyers may have leverage because A, B, and C, let's hop on a call to discuss. Like yeah. something quick and simple, that short and succinct, that reestablishes that you are the expert but also makes people want to call and talk to you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a key thing. I mean, not many people want to read. They're not going to want to read, especially text and email. Like if I see a long email, I'm like, Oh Lordy, I'm going to unread that one for right now. Cause I'm going to need some patience and like a cup of coffee. So I like, you know, or just a glass be, of wine, right. Or a glass of wine, just like concise, just be simple, straight to the point. Like give me your, your bottom line. So I think that's a really good thing to have in your like library of content. And just even like I did this not too long ago, I was sending out just like a personal like message to a few people. And I'm like, oh, I got to do these as like one off text messages. And so I just did, you know, and they were pretty much the same thing, a couple of ple different pleasantries in the beginning, but the body of the text was going to be the same. And so what I did is I used a keyboard shortcut on my iPhone. So I, I'm pretty sure Android phones have it, but I'm just like, all I had to do was type in three letters and it like filled out like this, like three sentences for me. <laughs> so keyboard, like using- Keyboard shortcuts are great. Yeah, keyboard shortcuts are any kind of shortcut. And that's what a lot of the, the things, like even having people put in your audience automatically through your sources, that's a shortcut. Having these auto responses, that's a shortcut. Saving content into your library of content within the CRM, that's a shortcut for you that will save you so much time in the long run. It's it's in just the, in the long run. Like yeah. one of the things that I am, um, that I have to go in and do is on my website, there is a link to the quarterly market report. So I can create sort of a, standard auto response that says, you know, oh, you know, thank you so and so for if you're interested in buying and selling, here's our most recent quarterly report. Let's set up a time to chat. Right. You know, and simple because that's evergreen. And I think that that's really where these shortcuts are super brilliant, where you can set something up once and we use it over and over and over again. Absolutely. And so um, I need my glasses to read the name because um, there's too many. Is it a giant? I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but is asking like, how do you send a bulk text message to a big group of people? And so what you would simply do is 
find the audience, right? Find the right category. So if I go in here and I say, I'm going to find, you know, I'm going to do, I know in this one, I think I have people in VIP, hopefully. Um, so then I would come in here and say, I'm going to select all these people and I'm going to go to my actions and I'm going to say, send a text message. Um, it even tells me like, Hey, out of the seven people, two of them don't have um, a phone number. That's cool. And so now I can say hi, and then put in the first name um, and then go ahead and put in, you know, whatever I want to do, put in my message. I just, you know, sort of write when I do these example texts, I always like, I, I always do it the same way. I always say like, hi, first name. You don't have to do it that way. You can just start talking and saying like, you know, wanted you to see this and I'm going to pretend like I'm typing real things here. And then wanted to make sure that you see this first name, right? You don't have to put the first name in like right after the word hi. It's like, I want to make sure that that's clear to everybody. Like you could put the placeholder wherever you feel like is necessary in the body of your text and then go ahead and send this out. Um, you can include videos from like Dub or BombBomb or videos or images that you've saved to Wise Agent, but you can also do, um, you know, so if you have like a, um, you know, thank you for attending the open house. So if I want to do, you know, send somebody, everyone that came to my open house, I want to send them a quick message. I can save all of that. Now, every single time at, I have some after an open house, I can send this message. Um, I can go ahead then and say, Ooh, I maybe want to include the flyer from that particular property. So then they know which open house they were at. And hopefully I have one in here saved. I should, here's one. So then I can just come in here and say like, okay, well, here's that, that flyer. And so now this can go out to everyone. Um, and then it's kind of thanking them. It's giving them my contact information. I can put in my signature in here. I could do all those things. Um, and it includes the flyer of the open house they were at where mm -hmm. now they have everything. Like there's no reason for them to not contact me if they're interested. Um, and I'm sending them something that they're, you know, like they were hopefully expecting it, um, you know, to, or hopefully they weren't expecting it, but appreciating it that I was able to follow through with them after um, they visited the open house. So those are all the things and it's really, um, you know, really simple to do. And so even if you don't subscribe to BombBomb, you don't have to, or to Dub, they are partners of ours and they do um, video, um, video messaging really well. You can just record a video from your phone or your, you know, desktop, if you've got a, a webcam and you can just upload that, like that would be the video that you use. It just has to be in text. It has to be 40 seconds long. Um, that would, that's the only caveat. Um, in an email, I would say, if you don't want to subscribe to something, you could use YouTube. Um, that's absolutely free. Yeah. Get a Gmail account. It's free. Upload it. And it's always nice to have a YouTube channel. Um, where that, again, you're talking about evergreen, like, and you're talking about like, Hey, here's New York city and here's the walks that I take. And here's all the things that I do. And now you can rank up a lot higher because you're just like putting your daily walk with your dog and you're just doing the things. And like, you know, Nikki has some great videos on social. I love following her on, um, you know, like holidays. It's mostly everybody walk, just, right? everybody just likes to follow the dog, but like, right. you know, yeah. it's figuring out ways to, as you're creating content for different channels and different verticals, 
how to use that in other parts of your marketing. Yeah. You know, whether it's, hey, do you love the holidays in New York City? Follow me, you know, follow yeah. me on Instagram because every day during the holidays, I'm going to post a different New York City, you know, shot. If I sent someone every day an email with a photo of New York City in the holidays, I would not want to receive that. But people can opt in yeah. to go and look and see, and they know that during the holidays, that's what they'll, that's what they'll get. Yeah. Um, and I think that there, there are so many tools that are available today that can make life a little simpler. It feels really overwhelming. And I get that as an agent, like no one wants to feel overwhelmed, but just pick the two or three things that you're going to focus on yeah, and just work with that. And working your, your database is essentially, it is your book of business. Like we, everybody is trying to chase 10,000 other things. And there's probably dozens of deals in your, your current contact. Yeah. And that's, that's part of why sometimes you'll reach out to someone and they'll tell you that they bought something with someone else. Cause maybe you fell off of the face of the earth and you didn't talk to them for, you know, a year or two years, seven years. And if you find more ways that you can stay in touch with content that's very specific to what they want. And again, just ask them. Imagine what would happen if you took time and you took like three minutes and said, hey, you guys, you know, I am updating my address book and I just want to make sure that you still want to hear from me and tell me what you want to hear. Yeah. People will, people will literally tell you. And I think that's a great landing page even like, hey, you can set up a landing yes. page. To say, I like, we have one that's like getting to know you, which I love too, because it does a couple of things. Like I get a, a, a great deal of questions that I get a, a lot of is how do I fill in some of the gaps for the contacts that I already have? Like I have a lot of people's like names and then like a phone number or a name and an email, but I don't have an address or I don't have a phone number. I'm missing this. Well, a landing page can help you fill in some of those gaps, but then add to it what Nikki is saying, like, hey, would you like to receive my monthly newsletter? Would you like to receive um, updates on what's happening in your market? Would you like to, you know, would you like to see what's happening around our town? Like, do you want to know what's happening in, in, you know, in this area that I serve? Um, I think that's a great I might have Sarah make a, a landing page for that. No, um, <laughs> and also, and also. I mean, there's nothing that says, you know, ask people what they like to do for fun. Yeah. You may, you may discover that they have interests that also you have, and that could be another connection point. Yeah. So you there's know, a like, question here from Eve that's asking, um, and I love these like, okay, she's got 5,000 um, contacts. How long will that take to tag everyone? Um, from scratch and get them in categories. Um, so I'm going to say this. There's no real way of telling because you've got 5,000 contacts. I don't know these people. Hopefully you know who they are. I would say grab your favorite beverage, maybe one or two bottles, um, you know, wine, Pepsi, whatever your thing is, whatever your jam is. And I would say go through and, and this is how I have done it. 
um, where, you know, and this account doesn't have, I think this account only has like a couple of hundred people in it. So it's not, you know, very large, but I would just start through like, look to see what you currently have. Like if you have, and if they're already in wise agent, you could just come in your categories and just say like, okay, do I just have like nothing in here? Or do I have like two categories, one that has 2000 people and the other has another 20, you know, 3000 people. And then I would just focus on doing it that way. But you can come in here and say like, okay, these buyers, there's 98 of them. I can click on this and say like, okay, well, what makes her, but actually she's not no longer a buyer. I actually just sold her this house and same with Dwight and, and say with, same with this person. And so now I can just come in here and say like, remove, remove contacts from category. And I'm going to remove them from being the, in a buyer. And then they still say selected. And then I'm going to add them to a category. And maybe I'm going to put them in, I don't know, um, I don't know, something else, has home sale anniversary, I don't know, some other category, maybe seller or whatever, um, past clients, whatever it might be. I, I, don't I have, agree. I mean, you, you just, there's so many things. You can go in there and do it that way. But realistically, I would say it it could take you, you know, a, a few hours, depending on how like if you just know, like I like I know Bill Risser, okay. So I know exactly. I know Camilla. Uh, some of these people are fictional people. So if I'm like, I know these people, I know who they are and what they mean to me, that I can do that pretty quickly. So it all depends on how well you know those five thousand. So just kind of. I would I would probably say that think of the time that sometimes you know you'll spend relaxing like you know watching netflix or something yeah like when i need to do things like this i will typically do them when i'm doing something else that i maybe just kind of want to relax My and name. i can spend i can i can spend you know 30 minutes and then take a break and go walk with the dog or you know whatever it is and i try to break it up into small segments and i know how long I can stare at a screen before I need a break. So I tend to do most of my work in that way, where if I know that after like 90 minutes or so, I'm going to need to get up and do something. And especially if I'm dealing with like my CRM, I may say, okay, you know what? I'm going to give myself the next hour and then I'm going to get up and go for a walk and then I'll come back. And I'll tend to do it like while I'm watching Netflix or something or Bridgerton or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I like, for me, I love a quiet Saturday morning. My kids are teenagers, the ones that are at home still. So they sleep in late. My husband kind of sometimes does his own thing. He's in the garage doing his thing. And I'm like sitting with a good cup of coffee and I'm just going through and I'm, and I, I don't, yeah. I try not to do anything that's going to be too overwhelming. So I usually select a, um, a letter so I'll go through and I'm like, okay, sort by last name. And I'm like, I'm going to start, yes. you know, like, I think right now I'm like at S's or T's. I think I'm at T's. So then I'm like, okay. And I just go through the letters because I got quite a few people in my database. And so I'm like, I, I can't do it by category because it's all over the place with categories. But if I do it by letter, it feels a little less overwhelming for me. And I think by letter feels a little less overwhelming because it's also... There's, I mean, there's only 26 letters in the, you know, in the English alphabet. So that's really, whereas if I tried to do by categories, 
I would be very overwhelmed very quickly because yeah, I have too. way too many categories. Yeah. Way too many categories. And then I would sort of get stuck in in the rabbit hole, whereas I can say, okay, you know what? Today I'm going to work. And I often tend to work in reverse because for some reason I have fewer people with like Z last names. So sometimes it's my way of getting myself like super, super energized really quickly <laughs> because I can sometimes tackle three letters. Right. Whereas some, I have some letters and it's just like the pages go on forever. I'm like, why does everybody have the same starting letter for their last name? Same, same. Same. And I, and I have to deal with two languages because I've got a lot of people with a Greek name in there. So I get Oh them. no, I'm not. <laughs> that's, why I said, that's why I said like the English language, because then if yeah. I think about Spanish and French and Portuguese and Russian, I could be, yeah. I could be going forever. So I try to focus just one thing at a time and I try to take it yeah. in small manageable chunks. Yeah. Because especially like if it's something that you're like, gosh, this is a little bit of a chore, then you have to do it in those small little bites. So then it doesn't feel like this really sucks and I don't ever want to do this again. And then you never go back to it. So for me, that's what I do. I like doing letters and, you know, it's and that's why I do I it. Do letters. Sometimes I've done it. Um, believe it or not, sometimes when I've been on planes mm-hmm. and I have Internet access, sometimes I will I will do this. That's the best. Sometimes I can't, sometimes I can't sleep and I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, well, I should do something. And sometimes like, I just find those weird little pockets where I don't have enough sort of, you know, I don't have the overwhelming brain power, the bandwidth to do some things, but things like this, I can do at really random pockets. Yeah. And the thing is, is the the purpose of it is just to keep up with it. Once you have it kind of started, then you can spend less time in it. You know, um, it's unless you're like importing gobs and gobs of sheets, of of, you know, spreadsheets in it. I would say like everything you're doing, if you're hosting open houses, if you're hosting parties or you're doing lunch and learns, maybe with like, um, you know, you're partnering up with a lender or title rep or whatever it is, I would say use the landing pages. So then those get automatically sourced and tagged. And then you just go back and you can say, okay, from this open house, let me go through and like, oh, I remember that one couple, you know, Bob and Susie. And then you can go in there and like, they talked about this, that, and the other. And it becomes- I think the landing pages are really, are really key because I find that less overwhelming so that that way, what I find personally overwhelming is the the other people that I meet that's that I can't really I can't just hand people, you know, a, a, a landing page if I've met them, you know, at a coffee shop. So at least by using these tools for my open houses or my events or when I'm teaching that comes in and that's categorized and that way when I meet someone random on a plane or at an open house um yeah you know um oh that's I'm an gonna, interesting I'm question gonna, Rex I know I'm gonna a- answer Rex's question so he says if you have a buyer that has purchased five investment properties and you want to email a homebot valuation email monthly do you set up five different contacts for this buyer for the five different property addresses or can you accomplish this with a single contact with five different um, so I'm going to tell you this in um, any kind of in in the world of CRM um, duplicate data is not good. 
um, it's just not good. So I'm going to, and I'm going to just go to Michael Phelps. He's my, he's my contact in here that I always have a lot of stuff on. I love, I so, love that you, I love that you have Michael Phelps. I know, you know, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. I love him. Um, so if he's ever watching, um, but anyways, so what I would do Rex is I would just have, um, one contact and I would have all your like important dates. I would have them all, um, in here. So I would just add like, you know, I don't know, like he bought his Scottsdale home because he does live here, um, you know, on, on January 2nd. And then he bought, you know, his Miami home because I'm assuming he lives in my, he goes to Miami too, you know? So like he, you know, he has all of these things. So now I can come in here and put all of the things and all of his dates in here and then also put in his addresses, right? So then I can put in here, you know, here's his um, Miami home or whatever. Um, I can just, you know, make that as um, the address type so that I know that this is his property in Miami. I don't know any addresses in Miami. So I'm going to just pretend like it's this. And then I can save that. And now I can see all of his um, addresses in here. Okay. So that's how I would do that. So then it doesn't get um, you don't want to have duplicates. That's the last thing that you want. And I think I saw a different question about duplicates and removing of duplicates um, in here earlier. Um, we do have a duplicate search. So I would say, oh, I stopped sharing my screen. Um, that would be the other thing that I would kind of want you guys to see today would be um, how to how to search for duplicates. And that would be from your contact list and just going to um, your search group. And so we have two different duplicate types. So like a duplicate by email would be like, you know, Nikki also goes by her full name, which is Nicole. So if I'm like looking for somebody like Nikki that goes by Nikki and Nicole, but it's always Nikki at Gmail, let's just say. So then I can find her and I don't know if I do. Okay, Mike, you know, so I have a Mike and a Michael, right? And they're duplicates. So I would just merge these two people because it's the same exact person. It's the same email address, but right. it's a different name. So then I would just go in here and just say merge contacts. And then I can, you know, select in here like, well, use this one and, you know, use this, or I can say everything from this is the right way of doing it or everything here and then just merge it. Okay. I'm not going to merge it because I need that for um, demos, but then I can also find duplicates, um, duplicates by name, which would be if I have, um, have people in here um, with, you know, two like Audrey Hepburns. So then this is the same exact person, different phone numbers, different email addresses. So now I can merge these people. Okay, so that's how you would do that. Um, and then, you know, if you're just starting out and you've not set anything up, you're just still, you're waiting for your onboarding session or you're preparing for your onboarding session, you have all your contacts in Google and Gmail, because um, I think that's what I had seen is somebody had said, okay, I'm getting ready to use my Google sync, then make sure you dedupe and remove all the duplicates from your Google account before you, you sync everything over. So cleaning it up beforehand is always, um, high, is very highly recommended. So, um, okay. Well, that 
I don't know if there there seems to be a few more questions in here. I know we're running low on time though. Um, can Wise Agent identify the do not call phone numbers when we send text text out? So um, do not call is for phone calls. Texting is texting. So those do not have the same relationship. Same with like emailing. I will say this, you should be emailing and calling and texting people that you actually know and have met from some some place. That's why the automation, like especially from the portals, is really important to have that automation. So you sub send their contact information out. Um, and then and then you give them a reason why to answer you back. So you ask a question like, hey, thanks for sending in your inquiry. Do you have five minutes to talk right now? Or is there a good time for you to talk later right. on today? And you ask that question and you wait for their response. So when you they respond to you, then um, the do not call registry thing is not no longer in play because they're engaging with you. Um, okay, I struggle with the whole spouse with the contacts. I need to create a separate contact if I want to interact with the spouse. So this is a personal preference. Um, you know, I what I personally do is I have every contact as their own. So I have, you know, um, Sarah as a contact, and then I have Alex's name in as the spouse, but then I also will have Alex as a new contact with all of his contact information. So that's how I would do that. Um, that's how I personally do it. So then when, when Sarah calls, I see Alex's name there, and I remember that's her spouse, but um, if he were to call me, then his name shows up on my phone. So it's a personal preference on how you want to do that. Everyone's different. So I like separating it out. But that is all the time that we have. I know, Nikki, you have to run. You've got some stuff going on today. I so appreciate you um, being yeah. on, Nikki. Thank no, you. No, I... I always love uh, doing this and I, I love because it also makes me think about things um, a little bit uh, differently and thinking of new things that I can tweak and uh, wait, what does this say? Um, if you have an iPhone, do not put spouse's contact info in name only. Otherwise you'll have big problems. Huh, I have an iPhone. Um, I'm not sure why you're uh, saying that, Mark, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I keep, I keep people, I keep it separate. I like having the distinct um, contacts. And sometimes where it says like, um, you know, I will put it in a different field so that I know it's like, oh, this is, you know, Jane, she's John's wife. And I have it in the contact, but I have it separate. It yeah. just makes my life a little easier. Yeah, I just like... So sometimes I forget. So I hate searching for names, but um, I appreciate everyone being on. I'm gonna I'm gonna be back on February eighth. I'm not sure if that's next week or not. I think it's next week. <laughs> um, so Sam um, from Roomvu and I are gonna be on. We're gonna be talking about hyper local social content Ooh. strategies for your sphere of influence. I think you know Sam, right, Nikki? Um, from Roomvu. I'm not sure if I introduced you to him last week, but sure. I'm not yeah. sure. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about that hyper local um, social content. So we'll be I'll be back next week. If you guys um, I know, Nick, I know, you know him. So uh, yeah. please I will, join. I will register and tune in. Yes. Yes. I don't know how I missed that. Nikki. Sorry. We must have been separated that night. Um, but anyway, so um, 
Or or I was in my office working, which also happened a lot last week. Last week. Um, all right, guys. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks so much, Nikki and Hudson. Bye, Hudson. All right. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. Thanks so much. Thank you.